0: Let's take a closer look at our first reading from the book of Genesis. Contrary to popular thinking, the devil was not merely attacking the woman, but her husband as well. Now, how do we know this? Well, throughout the reading, the Hebrew grammar shows the devil addressing the woman, not in the singular you, but in the plural you which means her husband is present. And boy, doesn't that change the dynamics of the story. He is with her all this time, but he's what? Silent. He received the command from God, do not eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He was told if he did, he would die. Now the woman did not have the advantage of hearing this from God because she had not yet been created. All of which tells us we each have a responsibility to teach the truth, to support each other in the truth and help each other to live in the truth. The second thing to note is the incredible dignity of humanity. The Hebrew text tells us that God formed man. In Hebrew, the word is vayitser, which is also used to describe how a potter makes a pot. In other words, man is the only creature described in this way, that he is deliberately, thoughtfully, carefully brought into existence. This word is never used to describe the creation of other creatures. Then man is given the nishmat hayim, the breath of life. Again, something unique to human beings. The woman then is created as the only suitable partner for man, no animal, no other man can be the full complement for man, only woman. Now, the devil chose not to attack the man head on, but the woman. Now, why is that? Perhaps she was more vulnerable because her husband had not properly instructed her about the prohibition from eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The devil always prefers the path of least resistance. In this case, the woman's ignorance of the truth assisted by the man's silence. Now notice the devil's very subtle but effective use of language. He's asked the woman, and asked the woman, the husband as well, did God really say You shall not eat of any tree of the garden. The consummate strategist, the devil always knows what he is doing. He knows darn well the tree that God told the man you should not eat from. And he knows darn well that God didn't merely say to the man, Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but rather the Hebrew carries the clear sense God gave a commandment to the man in chapter two, verse 17, and makes this explicitly clear in chapter three, verse 17. Humanity was given a boundary, a limitation, not because of any lack of generosity on God's part, but out of compassion for man. Because God knows our limitations. And more often than not, we do not. In fact, we don't want limitations. But there is no such thing as unbridled freedom. Not because God is mean-spirited, but because man cannot handle unbridled freedom. Throughout human history, all kinds of social and political movements have been crafted to make us believe that we can only achieve genuine freedom if we reject God and rely on ourselves. That we, in essence, can become gods if only we will deny God and put our trust in our institutions, our government leaders, our government structures, or the state. And the results have always been and always will be the same. Tremendous suffering. It is an intoxicating illusion that we fall for over and over again. Back to the story. The woman was confused. Her husband did nothing to help. She knew they could eat freely of any tree but one, but she could not or would not name it. Now, why is that? Was she told but forgot, was she not told? Did she get her trees mixed up? We're left guessing, but the real issue is what she does with her ignorance. She does not consult her husband. Instead, she makes stuff up. She said that they could not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. Uh Uh-oh, danger, danger, you're losing ground. And then added, you shall not eat it or even, what? Touch it, lest you die. She not only got her trees mixed up, she not only ad lived what she thought she knew, but she added a prohibition, do not touch it, that God never said. She added to God's words. And that revealed to the devil a potential weakness of the woman to be exploited. Perhaps, she saw God as being unreasonable. And all the time, the husband is what? Silent, ah, maybe there was a Bronco game on, who knows. Ignorance and silence are the two greatest gifts we can offer the devil. He could now openly contradict God. You are not going to die. And then adds three irresistible temptations. He says to the woman and her husband, your eyes will be opened. Meaning that they will be endowed with the supernatural powers of a god. That they will be equal to God. Oh, isn't that a good one? And as gods, they will know what is good and what is evil. The devil concocted the temptation beautifully to appeal to the visual sense, to appeal to the intellectual curiosity, and to appeal to a sense That perhaps, human beings felt as if they were being denied God-like attributes. And it worked. God's word rapidly receded, and the devil's word rapidly took its place. Both, both ate the fruit. And what the devil said came true. Their eyes were indeed open, but not to the glories of Godhood, but to what? Shame about their nakedness. They hid from God. The harmony that once existed between them and God, between them and the order of creation, and between man and woman was now destroyed. And we are all still living with the consequences of this very ancient drama in the gospel, the devil attempts to take on the new man, Jesus. Did the devil really know who Jesus was? devil, you know, is just a creature, and the devil himself has his limitations. Did the devil see this new man as some kind of strange experiment of God's? Either way, The devil had to poke and prod this new man. And was he surprised when all his cleverness, even quoting scripture to the author of scripture, failed. We need to remember the devil knows the scriptures better than we do. This all tells us that the devil is relentless in crafting temptations that are tailor made to our weaknesses. Let's take one simple example. The choice not to come to Sunday worship. I don't care if you're a Protestant or a Catholic. It's the devil's trifecta. He gets us to deny ourselves the graces of the sacrament of the Eucharist to combat sin in our lives. He gets us to do his dirty work by denying ourselves from hearing our Lord Jesus in the gospel and remain ignorant of what all that Jesus is trying to do for us. And he gets us to act as his agents to spread evil by setting a poor example for others, enticing them to copy our evil. Well, I don't see them go to church, so why should I? And the devil gets a bonus as well. Our refusal to be faithful to worship denies the spiritual support others draw from our presence, whether we know it or not. And we deny ourselves spiritual support from being with others, whether we know it or not. Now, how does the devil do all that? Simple. The way he attacked the man and the woman, he uses our ignorance. We say, well, well there, there can be a re- there's, it's not always sinful to miss mass. That is partially true. But then he will exploit a legitimate excuse to begin including all kinds of illegitimate excuses. And then he counts on the sin of polite silence by those who know better, I better not say anything that really isn't any of my business. And once the habit of not coming to worship, not coming to mass gets established, Isn't it true? It just gets easier and easier to skip it. But the temptation doesn't stop there, because the devil is always working. Then we begin to think, you know, my life is going along pretty darn smoothly. I mean, things are going real well. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to mass. I'm getting along just fine. And then the devil can now contradict God. doesn't care if I show up or not. And after a period of time, if we die without repenting of this, we discover that by refusing God's graces all that time, we send ourselves to hell. God doesn't send us there. We wrap ourselves up and put a nice little ribbon on and says, Merry Christmas, we send ourselves. And from the devil's perspective, it just doesn't get any better than that.